0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible.
1: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The Breakdown. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And Matt, we got a good one on Monday night as we saw the... The Chiefs knock off the Raiders in the absolute thriller. What's the biggest thing you take away from that game?
2: You know, it's just the resiliency of this team. It was unbelievable to go down 17 points. And that's the thing about the Kansas City Chiefs. They're always dangerous. They always can come back from any type of deficit. But in the fashion in which they did, and then trading blows in the second half, there was a lot of, a lot to be made out of some controversial calls, whether it was the strip sack by Chris Jones, some of the pass interference calls. And they were able to overcome all that. And that's the mark of a great team. They stuck with it. They made the big stop on the two point conversion against Josh Jacobs to really seal the deal there. But it was just the grittiness of this team and how Patrick Mahomes played down the stretch. Some of these third down conversions, keeping drives alive. And at the end of the day, they got the job done. And that was a big, big win against the Raiders team that came out to try to prove a point in this game.
1: And you mentioned that 17 nothing deficit and the Chiefs offense having some struggles early. We did see the Raiders come out and play a lot of men, which people are usually scared to do against the Chiefs for, for the obvious reasons. Uh, do you think that played a role in that Chiefs slow start?
2: I think so, because, I, you know, when you look at this Raiders defense and how people like to scheme up and play the Chiefs right now, it's primarily been a lot of zone, right? Keep the ball in front. And they came out and they were aggressive. They played man. They were playing press man across the board. And that's what you saw early on, that the Chiefs struggled. They went punt missed field goal, punt in the first three series, and there had to be adjustments that had to be made on the sideline, maybe even to the game plan going into this game. They probably thought, hey, look, we're going to get more zone, and they made those adjustments, and then you saw that 11 play drive that went down the field, scored the touchdown, two-minute drill before the half, but really it was five straight possessions after those first three drives where they put points on on the board for those being touchdown drives.
1: Yeah, and it was it was really impressive to see those adjustments. I mean, sometimes when we've seen the Chiefs' offense struggle, it's kind of been the opposite. They come out hot, the Andy Reid script is on point, and then when they get off script and the the defense starts making their adjustments, they they get into a lull. But this year, we've seen this this Chiefs' offense for the most part uh, continue to thrive in the, in in the second half and even get better as as the game goes along. So that's that's definitely been encouraging to see. Um, and Matt, I have to ask you. As a quarterback, we see we see that Chris Jones roughing the passer call. Even as a quarterback, this rule is broken right now. Don't you agree?
2: It's absolutely broken. And look, I'm all for protecting the quarterback. You know, the hits to the head, the low hits. I mean, but the surface area in which these guys are told to tackle the quarterback, it's almost getting so ridiculous where they can't even make a tackle. You have to. It's two hand touch, and it's definitely broken. And that was. A great example of it, the Grady Jarrett play against Brady the other day was another horrific call, but it's an example of what the league's leaning toward. They're trying to protect these quarterbacks at all costs. However, it's taken away from the game. These guys are paid to be disruptive, to come attack the quarterback, but then once you get there, you're only allowed to gently place them on the ground, and it's hard to play football that way. Look, we signed up for a physical violent game we know that going in and i just think it takes away from the competitive aspect of it when you protect the quarterback in that way
1: yeah and i feel i feel like we've gotten to the point now where it's almost like the catcher role was a few years ago it's it, it it's gotten harder and harder to define the common sense has kind of gone out the window because it, it was one of those things like i feel like i know a catch when i see it i feel like i know we're roughing the passer when i see it and i know what's not roughing the passer and now um you know, those lines and I, and I understand what happened with Tua, um, I think, shook everybody's cage and it's something that we never want to see in the game again. Um, but I feel like we were overcorrecting now um, and and just going overboard with these with these roughing the passer calls. So hopefully they'll sit down at some point and and define things a little bit more clearly and get this to a place where, you know, these game changing plays aren't wiped
2: off the board. Well, that's the big part of it, too. Like you said, the competition committee has got to get together because these are game-changing plays. They impact the outcome of these games. And you only have so many games that you play throughout the course of a season, a 17-game season, and every one of them are important to the year-end result and winning championships, going to the playoffs, doing all that. And to have it taken out of the players' hands on a good play because they're trying to protect somebody to that extent, it really takes away from the competitiveness on the field taking place and those guys playing.
1: And and luckily, unlike the Falcons, the the end result wasn't impacted for the Chiefs. They ended up pulling it out regardless. A big part of that reason, obviously, Travis Kelsey with those four touchdowns. What stood out to you from that connection between Mahomes and Kelsey? Obviously, we know it's always been one of the best connections in the league, but this was absolutely absurd Monday night.
2: It was the stat line, right? The stat line of four touchdowns. Because if you look at the yardage and all that stuff, you're not just blown away by it. But it's also the connection that those guys have, the familiarity, the rapport, the trust, everything that goes into those plays. And also, Kelsey, he's just got a sixth sense about himself. And Patrick Mahomes is always seems to be on the same page. You saw the so many different times. Even there's the angle route, right? He throws back shoulder. He, he trusts him on that one. Then there's a play where it really – the Raiders defense played it really well. They got it. They chipped him on the shallow route. All the things happened. But all of a sudden, Kelsey feels that soft spot. He sits down. He gets it. And then he breaks breaks two tackles, goes in the end zone. And the effort was incredible. And then also, there was one play, though. I was like, the, the crossing route at the goal line, I was like, how do you not account for Kelsey? He's wide open. Like, he is their premier guy. So there's there's some of that as well. But it's it's, again, we've been seeing it for years now. Those two are special. That union that they have, the rapport, like I said, in the relationship, it's just one of those things that they, they have something that's very special that's hard to create for a quarterback and a tight end.
1: And I think that's where we have to start today as we dig into this film. Just take a look at a couple of those plays with Travis Kelsey in the red zone. Matt, what did you see here?
2: Yeah, so you've got man-to-man right here, and it's what we call one funnel. And so as Travis Kelsey comes over, he's really kind of creating this bunch. And when you look up at Valdez, Scantling up top, and also Juju Smith, they're in a stack. What, what's taking place on the defense side of the ball is they've got a combo going on inside. The interior defensive back is it takes first inside the other guy takes first outside but the big part about this for kelsey is he's one-on-one with that db that just ran across the formation so he's going to sell that flat right now and as he starts to sell that flat, you can see that db's in a panic mode right he's at a position he's got to get over the top he's got to get through this junk this mess of the bunch in the stack and then when he sells it kelsey does he puts his foot in the ground and starts coming in on that angle and that's where the soft spot of this defense they already overcommitted to the flat he should be open but but the guy that's going to make the play here is the safety. He's just reading eyes. He's trying to get involved in the play. He's coming to make a play. But this is what I love about it it was in rhythm by Patrick Mahomes. He put the ball on his back shoulder to protect the throw. And then Kelsey's able to fall in for the touchdown.
1: Yeah. And I love the play design here because people want to, you know, you know, the ball's going to Kelsey down in this area. How do, how do you do things to free him up? I absolutely love that play design. Um, and, and you're right, the ball placement by Mahomes was such a big factor here because the safety Daron Harmon, to me, does a great job reading this, you know, reading Mahomes, reading Kelsey, making a break on this, but he's just a, a hair too late, and the ball placement is so perfect. It's, it, it's impossible for anybody to make a play on that ball. Harmon gets as close as I think you, you can possibly get to right. this position. But, um, but yeah, it's just, that's, that's a tall order for anybody.
2: Yeah. And like you said, it's well executed and it, it's also great play design because again, there's so much stuff when you're playing man-to-man, what you're trying to do is create confusion, make people communicate through that combo. What we talked about between those two DBs, then also give them different looks and have to run through traffic. And those, all of those elements came together and create a successful play down there.
1: And now we'll move to an, another one of Kelsey's touchdowns. This was another neon. one. How
2: many did he have? Oh yeah, he had four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is uh, maybe the prettiest one of them all. What it, what stood out to you here?
2: Yeah, you know what? Again, it was heavy man, and that's how you started to see this this game unfold. And so this is a typical man play here. You got McCole Hartman on the inside, and the three wide receivers set down low. Kelsey's up top in a cut split. Once again, it's very defined man coverage, you can see it. The safety right there has got eyes on Kelsey here because what happens in a cut split is that DB's got outside leverage funneling everything inside to his help. But if Kelsey goes shallow, then that safety is supposed to cut it and it frees up the DB on the backside. Now you've got the whole player in the middle with the middle linebacker and that's McCole Hardman's job is to go up and set set this pick or rub as we like to call it. He's gonna set the pick and Kelsey's supposed to come underneath in his wake to create that spatial stuff. Now the backer, what I think he does a really good job here is he fights through McCole Hardman and he's able to get hands on Travis Kelsey inside that five yard range to knock him off of, uh, off of his route and really mess up the timing. Mahomes knows that that's where he wants to go with the ball but he again does a really good job of extending the play Kelsey his instincts take over he feels the soft spot sits down Mahomes gives him the ball and the effort here what he does with the ball with when he gets it in his hands is just special
1: yeah it really is and uh, I also love seeing Sky Morgan involved there doing a nice job with that rub, getting a, getting a piece of as many Raiders as he possibly can to help free Kelsey out there.
2: That's right. I mean, and, and you look at the effort by these wide receivers. I mean, everybody is blocking at the end of this play. You watch McCole Hardman at the end of this play. You watch Sky Moore. All these guys are getting involved saying, hey, we got to get our guy into the end zone. And that's what I love about it. The effort on this play by this team Especially, I mean, the Kelsey's effort is one, but you see everybody else giving maximum effort to make sure that they secure their block and help spring him into the end zone.
1: It really was beautiful to watch. And so was this last play that we're going to show. This is uh, in the fourth quarter. Chiefs up by one. This is what led to Kelsey's fourth touchdown. Break this one down.
2: Yeah, this is this is a huge play right here. It's third and 15. And it's really interesting because once again, it's a form of man coverage. You can tell that they're given a little bit of a too high shell look. But when you look at the the actual defense and the structure of this defense, they take Colin Farrell out and they say, hey, we want you to stand over Travis Kelsey down here who's isolation and he's split out wide and they just want to disrupt him at the line of scrimmage. Then they got a safety right behind him. So they're obviously giving a lot of attention to Kelsey right here, which deservedly so. But what that does is it, it, it frees up these other guys with one-on-one opportunities. And then you've got the weak safety here dropping in as a robber. And he his eyes are supposed to be on Patrick Mahomes and he's supposed to give help and presence to anything on the interior part of that field. Now, as you watch this play go, Colin Farrell does a good job of getting his hands on him, disrupting the route. But then McCole Hardman in that speed, he pushes up. He recognizes that it's post safety, goes vertical with his stem and then comes across at that deep angle. You've got the end cut in behind him. But Patrick steps up in the pocket. And when he steps up and gives the threat of running, it really freezes that weak side safety who's supposed to be a robber and really give help on McCole Hardman. He freezes him and is able to make a great throw off platform, accurate as all get out to McCole Hardman for a huge pickup in that draft.
1: Yeah, and it's a great job by the offensive line. And as you mentioned, Mahomes' step up there, his mobility, I feel like, you know, we give Mahomes credit for so many things. Um, His mobility is something that I feel like um, is such a huge, has been such a huge part of his success because you have to account for it as a defense. As you said, that safety, that, that, that freezes him just enough so that that over route comes open.
2: Yeah, I mean, and that's what makes him special. You could have a great play design, a great call defensively, but what just frustrates these defensive coordinators, gives them cold sweats at night, is plays like this, because if that guy does commit to that over route, well, Mahomes is probably going to take off and pick up the first down with his legs, and that's what makes him really, really hard to defend on a consistent basis.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's an absolute nightmare for opposing defenses I think at this point. Um or it has been since he stepped into the league. So <laughs> That's right. Um yeah. So obviously that leads to the Kelsey touchdown, puts him up 7, and you know what happened the rest of the way. Um so as fun as that was, as heated as that game was, it's about to get ratcheted up another level this week. We got Bills at Chiefs. In that CBS late game window, Matt, initial thoughts going into this game. What do you think is gonna be the difference maker for the Chiefs here?
2: The difference maker is gonna start with the defense and that defensive secondary. We saw two big plays, the Devontae Adams in this last game, and they're gonna to have to be Every, everybody's going to have to be involved this week. They can't give up the big play to Josh Allen and these weapons that ha- they have. Gabriel Davis has been outstanding. We know about Stephon Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie, and they they are leading the league in terms of receiving yards at the wide receiver position, also touchdowns at the wide receiver positions with 12. So that you know that they're going to be in 11 personnel, mainly three wide receiver sets, and it's going to be the Josh Allen show. And it really is going to come down – to one, the secondary not giving up good plays, but two, trying to contain Josh Allen, be disciplined in your rush lanes. But I, but I will say this, the one big strength of this Kansas City defense right now has been their rush between Clark, between Chris Jones, and these guys. that They're getting after the quarterback when they're in passing situations, and they got to show up big to disrupt Josh Allen in this game.
1: And speaking of pass rushes, I think when you look at the recent history of – the battles between these two teams, the the inability for the Bills to generate a pass rush has been such a big factor. Obviously, that AFC championship game, when the Chiefs beat up on them, they go into the next rep. Their first two picks, they spend on edge rushers. And last year, it wasn't quite enough. That divisional round, Mahomes had a right. lot of time back there in that divisional round game, especially down the stretch. So now the Bills go out, and they get themselves on Miller. So... How do you see the Bills' pass rushing upgrades playing a role? Do do you think they did enough? Do you think that Von Miller addition is going to be something that swings things in the balance in favor of the Bills now?
2: Well, you saw that early on, you know, that the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line had some trouble with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and until they kind of settled into their game plan and started to understand how how to attack these guys. And look, the, there's there's no doubt about it. This is one of the premier defenses in the league, not just again not in terms of just the rush defense, their pass defense, even with the injuries that they've had so far in this season. And so this is going to be a big challenge for this offensive line. They're stacked up front. Von Miller is an outstanding player. Ruzo, Daquan Jones stepped up last week. They got Jordan Phillips. I mean, there's guys that you can highlight up and down they are a solid front that's going to challenge you they've only given up 12 points a game this season so i mean it's it's going to be one of those you got to bring your hard hat you got to get after them and at the same time you don't want to get into a ton of third and long situations it's really not going to benefit you as an offense so being able to establish the run game like they have in recent weeks that'll be a big factor as well
3: Hey, sorry to interrupt today's podcast, but I have to tell you about a couple of our sponsors. First one being Liquid Death. You've heard us talk about this company all the time here on Kansas City Sports Network. Here at KCSN, we love Liquid Death. And when I'm looking through the bottled water section of my local store and I say, oh, what are those strange tall boys up there? I know it's Liquid Death. And you might look at it and be like, wait, what is that up there? Kind of rad looking cans. It's Liquid Death. And it's spring water from the Alps, it's not beer, and it is called Liquid Death. Yeah, that name jumps off the can, the the can design, everything. I would show you a can, but I don't have one, because I've drank all of them. I've drank everything that they've given me at Liquid Death, because it's so delicious, because it absolutely murders your thirst. That's why it's called Liquid Death, it murders your thirst. And not only does it murder your thirst, but it brings death to plastic bottles. I hate plastic pollution, you hate plastic pollution, Their infinitely recyclable tall boy aluminum cans help bring death to that as well, that pollution. And they donate 10% of their profits to uh, help kill plastic pollution, another good thing about the folks over at Liquid Death. And let me tell you, they've got, uh, I believe, four different flavors that you can get. Uh, no, five if you talk about their uh, flavored sparkling waters. They've got a berry. They've got a mango. They've got a lime. All of them are very good. As a guy who drinks sparkling water myself, love the liquid death versions of them. Make sure you go check those out. They have just a still spark- a still water, which is the water from the Alps. Kind of weird to be drinking out of a can, but it feels good to be drinking out of a can because you're doing, you're doing good for the environment. And they also have just a regular sparkling water if you want to add it to your Add it to your uh, mixed drinks, maybe have it be a little bit of uh, of a beverage mixer. You could have there with your liquid death, but they've got all kinds of things, and you can go find it at your local Woodman's, Seven Eleven, Roundies, or High V. Or here's what you can do. You can go and find a liquid death retailer near you using uh code KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Go to that website, find a liquid death retailer near you. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Now let's get back to today's show.
1: You're right. And they it isn't just about Von Miller. They really do have waves of guys. But I think the area where they are a little vulnerable this year. I mean they're they're Missing Trey White, so, uh Micah Hyde is done for the year. I think right. that back end is vulnerable. We haven't really seen anybody exploit it yet because the protection hasn't been able to hold up. I think if the Chiefs offensive line can hold their ground, I think there are there is going to be an opportunity for some big plays against that secondary.
2: There is going to be some opportunities against that secondary. Like you said, this is not an experienced group. There's been a ton of turnover in that secondary. Guys that have been there for a long time, veterans are not going to be on the field, and that's one part – of this game that is going to be very intriguing to me is how they take advantage of this youthful secondary and guys with maybe the backups that are in there and the inexperience that they have. But you see guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and MVS stepping up all year. I mean, these guys have been big parts of the game. McCole Hardman last week had a big, big game, especially on third down. I thought he made some exceptional plays. So those guys are going to have to step up to the challenge this week, and they they might be the guys that are going to be featured that have to go attack this secondary.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the run game earlier. I know this might sound crazy to to think or to say. Uh, we saw the Chiefs have success. Obviously, that was those were rainy conditions a couple of years ago in Buffalo, sloppy conditions where the Chiefs were able to lean on the ground game and beat up on the Bills and control the clock and keep the ball away from Josh Allen. I know Mahomes is is you know is obviously you know at worst on the same level as Josh Allen, probably a little better than Josh Allen. I would say. Um, So it's not like you want to take the game out of his hands, but the way, but with as explosive as this Bill's offense has been, is there a thought to maybe leaning on the ground game a little bit more here and, and playing the time of possession game a little bit?
2: You know, anytime you can take the ball out of either one of these guys' hands and have sustained drives and doing so with running the clock down, not, you know, minimizing their possessions, that's a positive for this team, so if they can control the clock, if they can get positive yards on first and second down, running the running the ball, maybe bust the big one like Jarek McKinnon did on that second and seventeen. Do things like that throughout the course of this game to keep the momentum, keep the drives going, and also keep Josh Allen on the sideline. That's a benefit for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, I definitely think so because right now, as good as the Chiefs' offense has been, and they've been phenomenal all year. You, I don't know if they want to get into that game where you're going shot for shot with Josh Allen again. Because while the depth of this receiving core has been impressive and Mahomes has been able to spread the ball around, we haven't seen you know those 50-plus yard touchdowns with regularity like we used to see uh, when Tariq was there. So while I don't think the offense as a whole has really dropped off, much if at all without Tyreek I think that's the one area it's just it's just different than it was it's I I feel like they're just as effective it's just in a different way so I agree with you I feel like those sustained drives uh could be the key in this one because Buffalo you know as we saw last week they just have the ability to score you know from anywhere on the field including their own two yard line
2: Yeah. Anytime you go out and you throw for three hundred and four touchdowns in the first half, that makes you an explosive offense. And again, it starts with Josh Allen. So the more you can disrupt him, the less that you can give up those big explosive plays and not get into that kind of shootout and not fall behind early. Like they did this last week to where they got to fight and claw their way back into the game. That's going to be a benefit.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, Matt, every time, we've done this show we've given our predictions at the end every single one of them we've given the chiefs the edge in the in these matchups and you know we're four and one just like the chiefs are right now yes how, how do you see this one play is this the first time you go with an opponent or do you see the chiefs pulling this one out
2: i mean until they come and knock them off at arrowhead right especially with the history that this these teams have had right? I, I'm going to still stick with the Chiefs. I'm going 31-30 Chiefs. It's going to be another game for the ages. I can't wait to watch it.
1: I'm with you. I think the Chiefs still have the edge in this matchup. I'm going 30-24. to I think uh, we do see the Chiefs get some of those sustained drives together. and I think we see Mahomes outplay Josh Allen.
2: Let's go, baby. Turn, let's, let's fire <laughs> it up. I can't wait. I know Arrowhead's going to be rocking.
1: Well, we can't wait for it that late game window on CBS, Nancy Romo on the call. It's going to be, I think it's going to live up to the hype and then some, and we'll be here again next week to break it all down for you. Take you inside the film room, pick apart every angle of that matchup and look ahead to next week as well. So thank you guys for tuning in for Matt Castle. I'm Matt Hamilton. We'll see you again next week.